Hi, and welcome to the Sheep Show podcast dedicated to all things ovine. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. This is your podcast to learn more, know more and achieve more when it comes to shepherding. Come with me as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. So we've lambed our ewes and now we've got lambs on the ground and I hope your lambs are doing well. In this episode, let's have a look at the lamb health indicators. How are your lambs going? So we're particularly going to focus on older lambs or lambs from about two weeks old, so not the newborns, but all the health indicators that we would look for in those older lambs to really assess how they are going. We really want to get our lambs to weaning. That's sort of the next point in time to work towards. So what should you be looking for? What should you be aware of? And what are some of the challenges that we might face to get our lambs to weaning? Well, I grabbed one of my uh, little ram lambs today just by coincidence. And uh, I thought, oh, you're, uh, you were only born about two weeks ago. I looked it up. Sure enough, he was born about 16 days ago. And I said, oh, I'm going to weigh you. I looked at what his weight was when he was born. He was five and a half kilos. He was a twin. And I weighed him and he's 13 kilos. And I thought to myself, that's quite amazing. Four, over 400 grams, 440 grams per day he has been growing at. And gee, he looks it too. He's a sappy, fresh looking, uh, looking boy. And made me think, well, what is a good growth rate? So before we sort of look at some of the challenges, let's look at some of the good indicators that we would look for. And of course, we're wanting to see how our lambs are growing and a good growth rate for your lambs when they're on milk is around about, well, anything really around ideally 200, 300 grams per day. That's really what we're looking for and what we're wanting. If you get more than that, well, it's a, it's a bit of a bonus. And, and again, it's an indicator to tell you how your ewe is performing as well as how that lamb is actually sort of enjoying its life so far in its first, uh, in its first two weeks. So it's good to sort of watch that. Other little things would be, and I know I'm, I've seen a lot of nice little sprightly lambs running around on uh, on different videos recently. And, and again, that's what you want to see, a sort of a sappy, sprightly, fresh-looking lamb, nice bright eyes, very eager, very happy, very content. Um, a lot of people talk about the stretching after the lamb wakes up, all good indicators that they are a good doer and doing really, really well. Of course, at this stage, two weeks old and, and so, there are other things we do need to be aware of. And, and this is where, you, you know, we, we think we've we've got over the as someone said to me today, are we out of the woods yet, Jill? And uh, yeah, we, we want to see that we, we can get over that lambing stress. And yet there's still more stress to potentially come. What sort of stress is there? Well, I remember one of my first years lambing, I started to see little scabs form on these little mouths and think, what is that? I haven't seen any this year touch wood. But I have had it in previous years. And of course, what am I talking about? I'm talking about scabby mouth or ORF, O-R-F. And this is a, a virus 
that impacts lambs and of course can actually impact your ewes as well. It is uh, caused by um, often uh, the virus getting into a scratch or a tear. For example, if your lambs are eating rough blackberries or nibbling on anything that might be sort of scratchy or thorny, it can sort of start and infect them. They are generally around the mouth and the nose. It can start off quite weepy and pussy and then goes into sort of dry scabs. Some of the challenges with or for scabby mouth is, well, two main challenges. One, it can spread to the used teat and can cause a bit of ill trift because they're obviously not very comfortable drinking when they've got the scabs all over their mouth. It's a bit like a cold sore, I suppose, for us and how we might feel when we've got a cold sore. The other thing is it's a zoonotic disease, which means that it's highly contagious to humans, particularly very contagious to humans. So really watch for uh, touching it or um, don't pick it. Uh, and really just watch that you, you don't sort of get up too close to, to see some of your lambs that have it. What does my father say? His advice to most things is, Jill, put petrol on it. <laughs> now, I've never actually done this. I have done it for ringworm in a, in a, in a calf. Uh, petrol, petrol or um, pinoclean can, can work. To be honest, something like ORF, it, it will just take its course, much like a, a, a cold sore would in a human. It will go away. Hopefully it'll go away. It will spread through your flock, particularly these lambs at two weeks old. It's so funny. Sometimes I look at them and I think, what are you doing? That is not your mother, but they don't care. They just want to drink. And the easiest, quickest, fastest milk bar they can find, it'll do. So <laughs> it's really quite funny to see them sort of milk shopping around the place. And particularly when the, the ewes might be having a bit of a feed or a bit distracted, then all these crazy lambs just come up and feed of any otter they can find. But the challenge is that if they're doing that, they're going to spread the ore from one otter to the other and from one lamb to the other as well. And of course, they're often playing at this age as well, which again encourages the spread of, uh, of ORF. The good news with ORF is that once they get it, they have lifelong immunity to it. And this will go for your ewes as well. So if you run a, a closed flock, then you will find your ewes are less likely to get it because chances are that they've had it before and they're now immune to it. So it is just one of those things to be aware of. Just keep an eye on it. If it does sort of get, uh, get out of control, give your vet a call. But uh, often it is just going to take its course. And you, again, watch those others to make sure that it's not causing any other impact, particularly uh, impacting their their other and their other health uh, along the way. <clears throat> I guess the reason why it's so important to talk about lamb health is that about 80 or even 90% of lamb mortality is actually in the first 48 hours of a lamb's life. So we've gone through that really peak dangerous period and really often we get a bit complacent so we miss out or miss on some of the the other issues that cause impact to lamb and of course then impact the weaning percentage that you're going to have as well which of course you know as I said if you've got through this heavy stress time you really want to get as many lambs to weaning as you possibly can so just being aware that we can still lose lambs at this 
particular stage. And again, lots of little challenges and uh, and dangers that can actually happen too. As your lamb is getting to about two weeks old, it's going to start to eat grass. Now, this is great. Their rumen is going to start to develop. And the earlier they can start to eat grass, the earlier the rumen will develop and the more able they will be, more ready they'll be to go on effectively solid food, grass, when they're weaned. However, grass brings its own challenges. What sort of challenges does it bring? Well, for lambs, probably two main challenges. One is tapeworm and the other is a parasite called coccidiosis. Now you might have, or coccidiosis, you might have heard of coccidiosis if you've ever had poultry or bred up chickens and a lot of the chicken um, food or the chick starter food contains a, a coccidia which prevents or stops them from being infected with coccidiosis from their feces. So let's look at these two things. They are quite different. Tapeworm is a, a worm. It's actually a worm that that from eating grass, particularly actually soil mites. This is what infects the lamb with tapeworm, infected soil mites. And I've noticed my lambs eating soil and uh, this is when I've, I've started to introduce a salt a salt lick to them and actually a salt lick is really good for ironically orf and it can be really good to help them stop eating the soil as well so getting too close to, to soil but of course they're eating grass so they're going to get close to the soil now the thing with tapeworm is well a bit of research has been done on it and your lambs will develop a natural immunity to it. Now, the challenge with tapeworm is you can see it. You can see it in the feces. It's a, it's a white, it can be quite long, a white worm that looks like tape. So having seen it, of course, most of us get really sort of worried uh, about it. But the majority of the research suggests that it doesn't cause any negative problems, any ill thrift in your flock, you can drench. And if you are going to drench for tapeworm, two things to think about. One would be making sure you're drenching according to the weight. And if you can leave it till your lambs are at least 20 kilos, then that would be a safer time to drench. And the drench that you're going to want to use is a uh, a praziquantel drench. So the very specific ingredient that you're looking for in your drench. If you've ever heard of the product First Drench, which is specifically designed for lambs, it obviously doesn't have the strong protection against some other worms, for example, barber's pole worm, but it does help your lambs get rid of tapeworms. Now, bear in mind, your lambs are probably going to develop an immunity themselves to tapeworms. So you you think, well, what's going to kill them more? Is it tapeworms or is it going to be those perhaps stronger worms that might appear? I'll, uh, I'll share with you my weaning plan over the next couple of weeks, and that will help you start to understand what I'm doing to prepare my lambs for you know the, the big bad world of, of eating grass all the time and being in, possibly infected by worms but it is good to think now about what worms your lambs might face in the coming months and is it going to be for example a, a damp wet 
or uh, spring for us in, in Australia and in summer. And if that's the case, then for us in particular, that means a high likelihood of, of barber's pole. So changing the drench routine. And of course, as always, before you drench, do a fecal worm egg count. So you actually know what you're playing with. Tapeworms, as you, as I said, you can see. So if you feel that you're, you're getting a high incidence of tapeworms, you can see them and your lambs are not growing at 450. 40 grams per day, then you might want to think about drenching once they're over that sort of kilo uh, size. Um, but really, as I said, no commercial impact from tapeworms and your older ewes will actually have an immunity to it anyway. So they're not going to be impacted, affected or, um, or having any ill thrift to it uh, as well. Your uh, peak milk period, this is when the ewe will produce milk and the, the, the lamb will be drinking milk, is from about three to three weeks old to six weeks. The lamb is six weeks old. So again, that's when you want to make sure that the ewe's health and the ewe's nutrition is nice and high so that that lamb can be growing as much as possible and as strong as possible. And of course, that means a good immunity. The stronger, the healthier the lamb, the better the immunity will be for all of these lamb challenges that we're, we're talking about. One of the other ones, as I mentioned, is the, the coccidiosis. And it's a bacteria, so a parasite not a worm, not actually a worm, but it, it will come up or can show up on your worm, your fecal worm egg count. So again, another great tool or use. Now with this particular one, you're most likely going to see it impact your lambs at around the two to eight weeks old with the peak at five to six. Again, that links back in with the the peak milk, because they're going to be obviously eating more and more grass as they grow older and can be more likely to be impacted by the, the coccidiosis. It, um, to, to know you've got it, the, it often is associated with sticky, tacky, smelly poo. This is a sign of a bacteria. Of course, this sticky, smelly, slimy, tacky poo can be an impact of any other bacteria as well, which doesn't help. So I found myself the other night um, worried about a couple of little lambs that I'm bottle feeding and what did I do? Take their temperature. So this is the best tool to know if your lamb actually needs veterinary help or antibiotics. And you're wanting to, to test your, your temperature of your lamb. And if you remember from one of my earlier podcasts, you're really wanting that temperature to be under 40. In fact, probably even under 39.5. So anything above that, you're thinking, mm, there's a bit of a temperature here, definitely over 40 is, uh, is definitely either call of it, or if you've got some antibiotics on hand, use some, some antibiotics. So this could be pneumonia, or it could be, again, uh, a coccidia infection that they may actually have, or uh, some other bacterial infection that they may have as well. Now, the, the, the coccidia, just so you're aware, it is different uh, the one in poultry is different. So if you have, for example, your lambs in and around where you've got poultry, they are not going to be affected by the same coccidia that the poultry are. It's a different coccidia that will impact ruminants. So nothing to, to particularly worry about there. Clean water, clean bedding, 
Uh, Those were really helped. No feces in the water. So changing waters and making sure there's no sort of fecal matter in in any of the water um, that they might be drinking. And again, that, that will really help them help them as well so really watching out for um for those uh those few things that could cause ill thrift or uh, or some of the challenges with our nice fat sappy growing lambs some things to be thinking about now are your plan for marking and also your plan for weaning and particularly with marking one of the things we want to ensure that we help our lambs with is so that they can fight clostridial diseases now clostridial diseases are just a, a series of bacteria um, and diseases for example tetanus is one of them the one of them we probably would remember pretty pretty frequently having had that lamb get colostrum they have got immunity now from the colostrum from the mother's um if you have vaccinated the the mother the you they've now got uh protection how long will they get about eight weeks protection so that makes sense that we would think about vaccinating the lamb for clostridial diseases somewhere before that eight-week period. Uh, Not before two weeks because the lamb obviously has hopefully got colostrum and got the immunity. And also they're probably struggling enough to sort of deal with all the other challenges. So it's a bit too early to, to do anything. But the ideal time for me anyway, I find is about four weeks. So four weeks and then I do another booster at, uh, at six weeks. Now, the clostridial diseases particularly are caused by, as I said, bacteria and anaerobic bacteria. So it's a bacteria in the environment, particularly in the soil. And again, given that your lamb somewhere at around, you know, four to six to eight weeks is going to be eating much more grass, then of course they will pick up these or could pick up these particular uh, diseases. So um, the diseases in particular that we vaccinate for are tetanus, black leg, black disease, malignant demia, a pulpy kidney, and potentially botulism, depending on the, the vaccination that you might actually use. And indeed, if, uh, if you are grazing or if you have cattle grazing in your property, you might have, uh, you might need to, to, to do that particular, particular one. As we are going to be doing things like a marking, so using tags, for example, then tetanus can be uh, highly possible. So um, again, a bacterial spore, tetanus spore getting into that particular marking wound, for example, um, or anything else. Maybe they've, uh, they've damaged their horn if they're a horned animal, or maybe they have, um, had, you know, uh, any other wounds that a little, a little lamb might actually get along the way. Maybe he's got cut in a, in a fence or something like that. So we want to make sure that the lamb is protected from uh, from these so hence we would vaccinate our whole flock and the the if you look at the um well particularly the the vaccination you might be using if you look at the recommended approach you would vaccinate and then give the and that that triggers immune response and then you give a booster at two weeks later. Now, often for, for us anyway, the vaccinations we use are temperature sensitive. So you do want to keep them nice and cool. Um, probably not, not a challenge here in Victoria at the moment, but 
um, definitely when we do our you uh, you marking and, and your you you uh, ta- vaccination and other ta- vaccinations, then we do want to make sure we have that nice and uh, nice and cool, keeping that in a in an esky or in a in a cold pack as much as we possibly can. Pulpy kidney for lambs is probably the biggest challenge after tetanus, and this is when they are going to be experiencing change in feeding. If they're going to go from milk to pasture, from pasture to grain, for example, this can trigger that particular clostridial disease. So again, given that this is what we're actually going to be doing when we go to wean, then it really makes sense to ensure that that pulpy kidney protection is as high as uh, high as possible. Black leg is a, is a from muscle bruising. And again, it's very frequent in growing animals. And given that I told you about my little ram at 440 grams per day, you can imagine how quickly he's growing. So again, you think, wow, I really need to be putting in some protection uh, and boosting that protection. So again, for me, I really want to get that uh, that vaccination done. Now, if you do have lambing over a longer period of time, you may want to vaccinate in two goes, if that makes sense. So, you know, uh, my earliest lambs were born in around the 21st of July. I had a couple and then really from the 28th of July. So I'm planning to do my my marking the week after next. So wanting to to ensure that I get the majority of my lambs are in that sort of a Definitely in that eight week, under eight weeks, um, but over, over. So they're all going to be around about this, you know, six, three to six weeks old. And again, that will ensure that they've had their immunity from the colostrum. And now we're giving them that boost to further protect them. Now's the time to also be thinking about your weaning paddock. Where are you going to wean? Now for us, we look at two different paddocks, one obviously to send our ewes off to and the other to keep our lambs in. Why would you want to do this now? Well, you want to have your lambs as distracted as they possibly can be. And how are lambs easily distracted? Well, food. So giving them a good paddock and ideally it's better if you take the ewes away from the lambs. So you're leaving the lambs in a paddock where they're familiar with and they feel safe and comfortable and they know the shelter spots, they know the the water areas and they've been there with their mums. Sometimes that's not possible, but if you can preserve some, uh, some, or even a paddock they've been in before and there's got some feed growth back in it, that would be really good. The other paddock you want to move your ewes to would be a a much more, as we call it, a skint paddock. So a really uh, paddock with no lush feed and because you really want to dry off those ewes. In fact, if you can start to do that in the last couple of weeks, that's even going to be better for that, for that ewe health. Why would you wean? And I know this is a kind of controversial topic for, for a lot of, particularly a lot of small holders. Two, two main things. One, you want to wean to get the health of your ewe back up as, uh, and ready for joining. So again, if you want to increase the, the fecundity of your ewe, the better the condition and the, the better 
um, health and nutrition of that you, the more likely they're going to be able to produce multiples for you next year. But the other reason is the lamb. Now with the lamb, you're thinking that they're already competing for grass when they're in the same paddock as their mother after uh, again and any really any time after this sort of six to eight week period but definitely the the older they get the more grass they're going to be eating and the less milk they're going to be drinking so you really want to make sure that they are not competing and out competing their mums or vice versa the other thing is if you are holding your lambs in with your ewes then all you're doing is infecting them with worms so by weaning them and putting them in another paddock and perhaps drenching them after you do your fecal worm egg count, then you are giving them the best health for their peak growth period. Now, young animals are the most vulnerable animals to worms, parasites, and of course, bacteria and viruses. So again, anything we can do to help their immunity. And that means getting rid of the older carriers, perhaps of worms, moving them off to another paddock. Um, you might want to drench them too, again, depending on your, what the conditions are and your fecal worm egg count says. But again, really managing those lambs so that they get the best weaning start. And we'll talk a little bit more about weaning as we, as we get closer, closer to that. As your lamb is growing, it may also show signs of some defects. These are generally congenital or genetic defects. Now, one of the challenges here is not inbreeding. And we'll talk about inbreeding uh, in another podcast. Now, some of the congenital defects I've seen, I don't know whether they're from inbreeding or not. I haven't, I haven't uh, felt I've uh, inbred any of my sheep, but I have experienced, for example, a lamb born last year with a spinal abscess. Um, he was fine. Then at about two weeks old, couldn't walk, legs um, sort of paralyzed, and uh, he had to be euthanized. So little things like that can sometimes, sometimes they're not always sort of um, lethal, but uh, these developmental defects can show up either at birth or in a couple of uh, in a couple of weeks. So something to to watch out for. Another thing that can show up uh, in lambs that are a couple of weeks old is bacterial meningitis. Again, another bacteria that can occur. Um, it's again, entering the system, entering the body some way. And um, what you would see here is. Um, Again, lethargy, hunger, they ha they often with bacterial meningitis have a funny walk. So they sort of start to walk funny. Um, unfortunately, with bacterial meningitis, even with antibiotics, the, the prognosis is usually quite poor. But again, it is just something to, to sort of watch out for. But common at that two to four week old mark of, uh, of our lambs. One other interesting thing is given that the lamb is drinking, particularly at, at these early stages, drinking milk. Milk is very low in copper. Now, we know that sheep have a need for copper, and this includes lamb. So when we see copper deficiency, we actually see this much more likely in young animals. Now, what they would look, particularly our lambs, would look like is you will see them uh, standing, having difficulty standing, walking. Sometimes they'll have a sort of a sway back as well. Um, and in this case, it is one of those challenging things because, of course, 
copper can be toxic to uh, to sheep but just watching for it and just thinking about it if you start to see these symptoms doing a bit more research and and looking at um adding in some uh, some copper perhaps or copper sulfate or just giving them a lick i gave um, my lamb some seaweed meal tonight uh quite a few little mobs of lambs and i just couldn't believe the way that they sort of munched into it and really quite enjoyed it so again something in there that they're liking or enjoying and potentially something that they need and again it's a very natural healthy safe product to give and i was just giving them a, a sort of a meal version of uh, of seaweed i have had a couple little off ones as well, off lambs that just weren't doing quite well. And I just gave them a, a couple of mils of um, mincale, which is a liquid form of seaweed. So these are good things just to have on hand and uh, and just give. And you can do it very safely, not worried about any sort of levels of toxicity, but it can, of course, um, help, uh, help that particular lamb uh, as well. You might be thinking, well, how do I prevent all of these things? Well, as I mentioned, some of them are just in the soil or in the ground or in grass. Obviously, um, colostrum is one of the main ways and good uh, good quality colostrum from the ewes or if you are bottle feeding, good quality colostrum from, uh, from a dairy. All of these things really, really help. Colostrum is probably the biggest challenge that we we have or we see uh, when a lamb is for example four or five weeks old and just drops dead often it is because of their immunity has effectively just given up and uh, particularly we see this in in uh, lambs that have experienced maybe through a difficult birth or they've they've had to be bottle fed for for some particular reason so just being aware of of these and it is really very sad when when you've got a lamb to that age and and uh, and something does happen it some, some really sad. The other thing would be, given that a lot of these things are in the soil or the pasture, rotating your paddocks. So we've had our lambs and ewes, I think they're entering, they're going to be entering tomorrow morning, their fifth paddock in uh, in as many weeks. So really trying to move them quite frequently. And again, that will really help with things like t- reducing tapeworm uh, and indeed any parasites as well, as well as providing them those salt licks, which as you can see, and if you've tried them, they really do love and it can definitely prevent things like uh, things like the ORF. So hope your lambs are growing, hope they're sappy and healthy, and hope these tips help you keep them that way during this lambing season. So you'd like to order direct from Holston Valley Farm. Firstly, thank you very much. Everyone wins when you buy direct from a farmer. How does it all work? Well, once you express interest, we will then send you an order form. We then take your lamb off to the abattoir. We use Radfords in Warrigal. Radfords then send your lamb off to one of our butchers that we use. And from there, your lamb follows your order form. So whatever you choose on your order form is what you will get in your lamb. So let's have a look at that order form. So you can see here on the order form, it talks you through some of the key things to be aware of and also shows you the different cuts of lamb. So your order form asks you to tick the cuts that you'd prefer your lamb to actually be like. Do you want the bone in in your legs? Would you like your shoulders in in chops? How do you like the, the loin or the middle area of your lamb? And you can choose certain cuts. Also, 
How big is your family? Tick the area there, which allows us to pack the lamb according to your family size. And of course, you're buying here for convenience as well as lots of other reasons, and that will help you along the way to use your lamb in the most convenient way. What, um, once your lamb is ready and butchered, then we will arrange delivery or you can pick it up depending on where you're located. Once we deliver, you can then pay for your lamb and we can do that via cash, EFT or via invoice, whatever is more convenient for you. When you get your lamb, you'll find it all packed and frozen and labeled in meat trays, just like you would get at the supermarket. Uh, our lambs weigh between 20 and 40 kilos, depending on the season, the environment, the conditions, the age of the animal. So you need a bit of space in your freezer to be able to cope with that uh, size of, uh, of animal. We generally have lamb all year round as well. But again, it just depends on the seasons and the environmental conditions that, uh, that are available too. So hopefully that's explained to you how to order direct and what you can expect when you're expecting a lamb. And uh, please do feel free to get in touch with us directly if you have any further questions. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you when we drop off your lamb for dinner. Thank you very much and enjoy.